Luke chapter 1 is where I'm speaking from, but it's a very long chapter, so I'm just going to read a couple of verses in it. Uh, What I want to speak to you today about is mothers. Now, probably it would be more important to speak on Mother's Day about it. But it's 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 a subject that I've never really heard people speaking on. How often have you heard people speaking about a mother? Very rarely, isn't it? There are always other things, but I'm sure the mothers here today will appreciate this. As all of you, I hope, will appreciate it as we come to God's Word. And as we do so, get something from it which will encourage us and bless us here today. Great to see the good Scottish weather outside. That's excellent too. I'm sure Andrew and Lorna will appreciate when they go over, over there tonight. Luke chapter 1. The, the person I'm speaking, of course, is going to be uh, a well-known mother. Not as well-known as Mary, but Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth is very important because this mother was related to Mary. And, of course, Mary was the mother of the Lord himself. And so the mother we want to look at today is because she's a relation of Mary, and in some ways, as we hope we'll see, is just as favoured as what Mary was. Because she was the mother of the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist. So let's read, just read in verse 57. As I said, it's a very long chapter, but it's a great story. It's a story, it's not just a story for Christmas time, it's a story which we should be able to look at and read at in our own readings. But there in verse 57, it says in my Bible in NIV, the birth of John the Baptist. And when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Capture that bit. Then jumping over to 65, just the two verses there. The neighbours were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country... They shared that as well. And so the Judea people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. This is a happy story. The birth of a child into a family is a joy to all. Not just to the parents, but to the relatives and extends outwards to all the family and even to neighbours as we saw there. For twice over we read the neighbours shared her, their joy. The birth of John the Baptist as a person before our Lord and the birth of Jesus himself are linked through the relationship of the mothers of the two infants, Mary and Elizabeth. These are both common names today. But, and Mary was a common name in these days, biblical days. There's at least six Marys in the New Testament. But Elizabeth wasn't a common name. It's the only one recorded here in the New Testament. And she lived with her husband up there, Zechariah, up in the hills of Judea. We're told they were both religious folk, that they were a couple like Noah in the Old Testament who were righteous before God. They kept the commandments. They were sincere. They were upright people. And we know, of course, Elizabeth was also of the priestly line. 
as was, of course, Zechariah, the priestly line of Aaron. And he spent his life, his life was in the temple, working there as a priest. Now, it was normal in these days for people to marry in-house. And, of course, the sons of priests, they should have been marrying into the house of Levi, that tribe of 22,000 people. But it was also the accepted practice that not only would they marry in-house, but they would carry on the family name. But, of course, Zechariah and Elizabeth were old. They couldn't have a child. And it must have been despairing, especially for Elizabeth, of never having a child of her own. One day, eh, Zechariah is in the temple, read it early in the the chapter, and she got a visit from the angel Gabriel. Gabriel. And Zechariah was told it was going to have a child, and it was going to be a son, and you had to name this son John. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't understand why this should happen. He wanted proof. And the result of that proof was that he was struck dumb. He wasn't allowed to speak until John was born. And yet as we look at verse 13, it says there, your prayer has been heard. That's what the angel said to him. And yet he couldn't believe it. He had been praying. The both of them had been praying for a child for so long. And I'm sure they got to the stage, well, we're not going to have one now. We're too old. We're not going to have it. And he didn't believe it. And surely this is a lesson even for us today. That we go into prayer for things and we pray for them and we wonder if it's ever going to happen. And when it does, when it does happen, do we believe it? Do we take it for ourselves? Do we get it? However, when Elizabeth heard this news, now remember, Zechariah's dumb. The only way she would hear this news is writing on the tablet. Can you imagine this? When she sees this, what it was from God himself, full of joy, the patience, the years of ever despairing having a, a, a child of her own. When he, she heard the news, she was absolutely over the moon with it. And I'm sure she must have given up all whole hope of having a child of her own. And yet we see in Scripture there are a few eminent mothers who were born, eminent people who were well-known people, born with mothers who had long gone been childless childless as we would say in in modern era long past their sell-by date they were old wouldn't happen impossible and yet when we look at scripture Isaac Jacob Joseph Samuel Samson all born from people who couldn't normally have given birth. And so what made the birth even more exciting, more blessing, and more wonderful and miraculous is because it happened through God to them. And the news must be fantastic for this. And you know, sometimes God does people keep people in waiting. Sometimes there's a reason and a purpose behind asking for prayers and doing prayers. But when it happens, there's a double worth there, isn't it? And parents who are here today, we don't need reminding that children are a heritage from the Lord. 
There are many married couples today who realise the value and the blessing that children give. I and they give heartaches as well, don't they? But they bring them up in the way of the Lord. Unfortunately, the number of marriages have fallen in the last decade. 50% is what people are telling. And that's a pity because people are not honouring the Lord by, by realising and recognising that marriage is right. That bringing up a family, yes, is a great responsibility, but it's biblical and we want to bring them up with the blessing and the joy and the happiness that can result of it. Didn't Nehemiah say this, joy of the Lord is in your strength. And I think Elizabeth was a happy person. Here was someone who was in tune with God. And certainly when she was told and heard the news that she was pregnant, she was full of joy because she was able to say, the Lord has done this. The shame, the scorn, the humility of being a priest's wife and having no child had now gone. She was now going to be accepted by society and by the relatives and by the friends. And that, as we read, they shared her joy. They saw it, the difference too. They were able to enjoy it as well. But not so poor Zechariah. He had to go through this nine months unable to speak, just using his tablet. He couldn't tell anybody. He could only write notes. And so it must have been annoying. It must have been frustrating for him. But it was from these very unusual circumstances that Elizabeth knew that God had chosen her to accomplish this miraculous birth. To her it must have seemed that the days of Abraham and Sarah had returned. For remember, God was now seeking out his people again. God had not spoken to Israel, to the chosen people, for 400 years. Because of their idolatry, they were in bondage. How can they sing the Lord's song? in a strange land. And, and Elizabeth recognised this. This was the Lord that was speaking this. And so she revelled in it. She relished in it. She enjoyed it. This was a happy occasion. The promise was given to her. And it was the answer to their prayers. So here was a life in tune with God as a result of what happened here. And of course, because God answered this prayer, she used it by giving the birth privilege of giving the birth to John the Baptist. So even in old age, she was able to accomplish something. What about us today? Are we praying for something to happen to us, for God to work in our life in order we can accomplish something? No matter what our age is, God can indeed do that. If we have desire to do so, it will happen. Now I want you to see another privilege that Elizabeth had. For Elizabeth was in fact the first person, even before Mary herself, to confess Christ as Lord. Her cousin Mary visited Elizabeth when she was about six months pregnant. And she felt her own child move. As if to welcome the child Mary, she was carrying Elizabeth was in so tune with God that she recognised this significance and she acknowledged the Messiah even before he was born. But why am I so favoured, verse 43, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as a result of this exclamation, it strengthened Mary's faith 
Because we see a song there, ten verses of Mary who glorified the Lord. And likewise, Mary's visit to Elizabeth blossomed her and strengthened her faith as well and that belief. And I say that because visitation to people is a great blessing. We go along to homeless people and people in houses who can't get out to the church. And you know something? They give you as much a blessing as we try to give to them. The fellowship that results from that. So Elizabeth acknowledged this and felt the bliss that the Lord, the God himself, was fulfilling scripture here. The Lord, the Holy One of God, was soon to be born. It was that strong, that thorough faith that she had that shows us Elizabeth's most prominent virtue. Yes, she was a happy person. She was righteous, she was religious, and she was godly. But she was always also a woman who gave God the credit and was in tune with Him. She was obedient to His requests and God as a result rewarded her for that and blessed her. Is He speaking to you today? Have you heard His voice? Has He spoken to you for something? Perhaps even to come and trust Him as the Lord. Perhaps you've never done that. We need to come the same way God so loved the world. We need to acknowledge who God is, that he's provided a way in the person of the Lord Jesus himself. This could be the day on which you were born. This could be the best part of the rest of your life. And I believe that was the case for Elizabeth. That was the purpose that she was going to be there to give birth to John the Baptist. But another thing I want you to consider from the story is the evidence of that belief, her belief, in what God said. She was going to be a mother, have a son, and that was great. But you know, she could have been a little bit jealous of Mary. Have you ever thought of that? Mary was young, perhaps only a teenager. She was old. Mary didn't come from the priestly line that Elizabeth had. She wasn't even married at this point. And yet... God used her to give the birth of the Saviour. It would have been natural for us to have been a little jealous to let it creep in. But while we might even mention that or ponder that fact, it never entered Elizabeth's mind. Elizabeth gave Mary the title, Mother of the Lord, Mother of all mothers. Elizabeth was proud, she was happy, she was favoured that Mary came to visit her. And praised her for who she was. No wonder John in later life could say, I must decrease. The Saviour must increase. He had such a godly mother. Oh, I hope we acknowledge today our mothers. What they do for us, what they have done for us in the past. It's sometimes not until we go later on in life that we appreciate this. So here was Elizabeth's greatest point, giving birth to John the Baptist. And it was this belief that she had that gave her the strength to speak up and to speak out when she came to give the boy's name that it had to be called, he had to be called John. Perhaps the joy of having the baby, she could easily have been overtaken or overwhelmed in the circumstances and allowed the family name to be what it should have been. Because in those days, that was the custom. 
It took a lot of courage. It took a lot of strength for Elizabeth to speak up. And of course, Zechariah couldn't do anything except write. And of course, women didn't have the equality in those days, in biblical days, that we have today and accepted in society. But she spoke out. Verse 60. She wanted to be obedient to God rather than men. She remembered that command nine months earlier. And so she was prepared to speak up. She was prepared to speak out. It was God's wishes. And she wanted to obey God rather than men. And above all else. John. John. The folks would say. No one's in that family. No one's got that name. It was an unusual name as Elizabeth was. What's it like today? How many Elizabeths? How many Marys? How many Johns do we know today? And yet in those days, it wasn't. Better John than Zechariah. I remember when my son Scott was born, I was kidding on people that I was going to call him Zacchaeus. Just to wind them up, of course. But you don't like these kind of names. They're not popular, aren't they not, today? So they turned to the Father. And when he wrote, his name is John, he was able to speak again. And he too was obedient to God. They were in tune. They were obedient to him. And that's what's so important today. The overriding everything and everything and everyone else. The done thing, the accepted practice, the fear of man, what others might think. That's the way some, some of us might just slot in. But all that should be put aside when God's wishes, God's requests, God's commands has to be a day today and to be obeyed. And so we ask the question again today, like Elizabeth, perhaps you're nursing a dream that's died. It may not be, of course, for a child, but maybe you've been passed over for somebody else or somebody younger, or maybe a friend, something's happened perhaps in the work or even through a neighbour that you're jealous of. Remember, God wants to use every one of us individually. He wants to bring out the best of us that he can. And, but we need to play our part. We need to do our thing. And so like Elizabeth, we need to take a stand today as believers by insisting that God is of his sovereignty, of the absolute right of God and the divine authority of this book, his book, the word that is doubted and disregarded and even denied today in our society by many people. And no compromise will do. He has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. And here is a good example for us. What an encouraging person Elizabeth was. And today, with the problems of morality and the question in the family of marriage values being degraded, we may have to go against the run of flow of what people might say or the convenient way to make a point heard for people to realise what we stand for and who we stand for today. Sometimes we can miss the mark. Sometimes we can be out of tune with God. But God wants to use us. And we're not interested or shouldn't be interested in what other people might think. We should only be interested in what God wants to have from us. So we need to be like these people in our story today. 
folk like Elizabeth and Mary and Zechariah, and of course the Lord himself, who made God first in all things that he did, and gave him the thanks. And so as we pause and look at this mother, Elizabeth, may help us to be, be or keep in tune with the one who is the source of all power, the source of all strength. Elizabeth, God is ours today. And we need to have that same faith, that same belief, that same determination that he had, she had, and the courage that she had, if we want our lives to really count for God in the society that we have today. For as our example, we look to Christ, and we, he's the one who has given us all things. And so we want to live a consistent life, a cultivating godly habits, as Romans 8 would say, what Paul would say, if God is for us, who can be against us. No, we're more than conquerors through God, him who loved us. And so if you've never felt this love of the Lord Jesus today, then why not make it the time that you say yes to him and come and believe in him as your personal saviour?